time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays because it's that one day that we set aside to say thank you. Now, I have to also remember the, how we've commercialized that and made that into not so much about the thankfulness, but about the getting ready for Christmas, the barrage of shopping. If you're in the United States, you know that the day after Thanksgiving used to be kind of the beginning of the shopping for Christmas. And, and now we've begun to pull that into Thanksgiving. And there's some rebellion against that in the industry where, where some places have said, no, we're staying closed on Thanksgiving so our families, our employees can stay home. But I just read that one of the major toy retailers has decided that, no, they're going to actually be open all day Thanksgiving. And so in the midst of this moment, when we have this opportunity of doing one of the most countercultural pieces in American life, to be thankful, not to be wishing and hoping and looking for something else and the bigger thing out there, we've even changed that. And, and so part of what I want to talk about today is the power of being thankful and gratitude. This is one of those pieces that is clearly researched. There is no doubt that when you nurture a a thought process about thankfulness and gratitude, you end up with huge benefits in your mental health, in your relationships, in your self-perception, and in the well-being of the world. Because in the moment of being thankful, we often want to show that by giving back. So if you think about this place where we are, one of the things that's true is that, that Thanksgiving we now see as this place of, of the, you know, the abundant meal, this huge meal and kind of the bacchanalia of the season and the beginning of this holiday time. And sometimes it's easy to forget that the thankfulness that started this holiday was the thankfulness after a long, bleak, hard year of illness and loss, and a thankfulness of having made it through that first year, of of having made it through the harvest time, and and, and been able to connect with the community around them, uh, the Native Americans that were able to to assist. And, And so here we are at this place where we believe that the thankfulness should come because we have everything we want. In fact, we've created a mindset in our culture that if you don't have everything you think you should have, something is wrong with you. If you are at a place where you're not at the upper echelon, something is wrong with you. And and so we're at this place in our culture where we have an odd relationship with gratitude and thankfulness, believing that what we really should have is not what we do have. And we forget that early Thanksgiving that was after a long, hard winter where lots of people died from illness and starvation, and then a long spring and summer figuring out how to grow food in the new world, then to the the time of fall of saying, you know, we've we've made it through. We we figured this out and we have people to thank for that. So here's the shift that I see as being important in this process. Thankfulness and gratitude stand in comparison to a couple of other things. For instance, if you find yourself thinking about scarcity, you know, I just don't have enough. If you're looking at those places where you just feel like you don't have enough, then you miss the gratitude for what you do have. Now, let me be very clear here. I am not saying that everybody has everything they need. 
I am saying that when we get away from the feeling of scarcity, we can approach the feeling of gratitude wherever we find ourselves, and it doesn't matter. I remember years ago, I was talking with a very successful businessman who was very upset that he was down to his last $4 million in the bank. And he just didn't feel safe. He felt like every day he had to get up and, and run as hard as he could because how could he possibly live on $4 million? And I remember having the same kind of conversation, uh, but from the exact opposite, where the person was telling me how you know they were looking at their bank account. And, and instead of the, I can't believe I have only $4 million to live on, the person said, you know, I can't believe I have $500 saved that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And he said, you know, I can't believe that I have that, that piece to just to feel a little safer, a little better protection. Then I remember talking with another person that said, you know what? I've lost everything. I lost it to addiction. I lost it to so many things. And here I am now, completely broke. I don't have a home. I don't have a penny to my name. But I am so thankful and filled with gratitude for being alive, for being here, for having made it to this day. And I realized that there is a, this framing of the difference between scarcity and gratitude that was at every level. These feelings are not about what you have or don't have. It's how you understand and frame the things you have. It's how you understand and hold sacred to the place where you are, that you've made it through the struggle this far, no matter what that struggle has been, no matter whether it has been rewarding economically or, or, or whether you find yourself just realizing that that new day has come. I remember we had one person in our church that every Sunday morning would start with, I am thankful that God woke me up today. You know, that was his beginning point, that he had plenty to be grateful for just because he was able to get up. That shift is the difference between looking at what you don't have versus appreciating what you do have. Not focusing on what you have, but the other is focusing on what you do have or don't have. And so the appreciation is about seeing and saying, you know, I've got something. I've got my life. At least I've got my life. I've got loved ones around me. I've got friends around me. And then whatever it is materially is added on top of that. And what those two pieces create in your mind is the, the space between threat and peace. What we know very clearly is that when people are not functioning from a place of thankfulness and gratitude, they're often functioning from a place of threat. My quad millionaire was worried about how little resources he had. He was living every day in extreme threat. He told me that every day he woke up fearing that the bank was going to call, that the creditors are going to call, that somehow everything was going to fall apart on him. I said, do you owe more than for me? And he said, oh, absolutely not. And so is that really a realistic threat? Or is it the fact that he lived in a threat, threatened place in his mind, in his thought process? In reality, it was all built up in his mind versus those who recognize that where they are and what they have, and accepting that place can bring a sense of peace to that. I remember that lesson from when I was a child. My father was a pastor. He made a, a modicum of income. He, it was a middle-class existence for us, and we had everything we needed. We didn't have everything we might have wanted, but we had everything we needed. And I remember many times my father sitting at the dinner table saying, I'm so thankful that we had enough to cover everything this month, to cover what we had to this month. 
Now, he could have sat there and said, I can't believe I'm not paid more and so that we could have more. I can't believe I'm not able to, to build up a savings. I can't believe how little I get here. He could have chosen that path. But instead, he was always focused on the fact that he was thankful for the fact that we had been able to take care of our needs, that we had been there. That is a place of gratitude. And while he may have made sure he was going out every day to, to do what he needed to, he focused on the gratitude of, of what we did have not of what we didn't have. I was surrounded by friends who had so many more things that went on such huge vacations uh, and had all the toys they wanted and had everything they wanted. And, you know, I realized long ago that they weren't happier than I was. They just had more stuff. And part of what we get wrapped in is believing that the stuff out there is somehow going to fill the holes that we hold within us. And I think one of the biggest holes that we have within us is because we don't live in a place of gratitude and thankfulness. Those are some of my words that I've chosen these past few years to focus on. We, my family chooses has a tradition now. We choose one word. Each person chooses one word on New Year's Eve to live into the next year. And I've chosen words like thanks and gratitude as ways of focusing my mind every day on being grateful for what I have not for what's not there. I can always look at other people and I can always look at other situations and see they have more. But I also recognize that in many ways, I've, I've won the lottery just by being here and being around. And I've won it even more by you know, being sick and recovering from that. And I've won it even more by being surrounded by friends and family that love me and I love them and that those relationships mean much more than the stuff we get caught in. We're always caught in that possibility of being stuck in threat. It's just part of our, our culture right now. We're, we have a daily onslaught of messages about what you don't have. That's the core message of marketing. You don't have this and you need it. You don't have that and you need it. You don't have this and you need it. You don't have that and you need it. Every time we sit down to watch TV, to look at a magazine, to read the newspaper, to listen to the radio, to go out to the malls or to the store, we're bombarded by the message of you don't have enough. You need this. Think about those messages of you would just be complete if your armpit smelled better or if your teeth were whiter or if your hair slicked better or so many pieces, right? Or if your body shape was this way or your clothes looked this way or you had these toys or you had this vacation. So many messages that are based in what you don't have. That's the core message of marketing. I'm not against having stuff. I'm against losing track of appreciating what you do have. So this is not a message of living simply, although I think many people find that when they live simply and they're mindful of that, they get exactly what they're looking for, the gratitude and the thankfulness. So don't hear me saying that there's anything wrong with shopping this holiday season as much as to remember to move from a place of thankfulness and gratitude rather than lack and threat to not be pulled in by those messages telling you what you don't have. More than that, on a daily basis, we're bombarded with an onslaught of uh, risk. We feel like we're at risk all the time. The news is bombarding us with those messages. 
interesting little piece there. The news gets the stories for us to watch while we get stuck with the messages of what we don't have. So there's the scary world out there and then the don't have that combines into a powerful place of feeling like we are lacking, feeling like we are at a place of scarcity rather than seeing where we are as a place of gratitude and thankfulness. So how can you fight back with that? How can you get to a different shift? Well, since we are at this point of Thanksgiving, one simple thing that you might reflect on during this week are all the many things that are a blessing for you, many places where you are thankful and have gratitude. That would be a great way of using this holiday while you're in the hustle and bustle and worried about not having enough food or not having enough space or not having enough friends or not having enough family to step back and say, you know, I'm going to be thankful for what I do have to look for the places in my life where I'm thankful. That would be this week. But let's talk about four other strategies that you can use the rest of the year when we're not consciously trying to focus on the thankfulness. An easy one is a gratitude journal. A gratitude journal is simply writing about the things you're thankful for. Think about it as just a journal entry. You know, you walk through your day and you can describe that, that breeze on your face as you're talking, taking that walk or that conversation you had with a friend that was so meaningful or that book that you read that made a difference or that song that you heard that inspired you or so many other things in life that's just a journal of those moments, those, those moments, those, those captured moments, those snapshots in your life that you can recall. And so a gratitude journal is simply a journal. You can keep it in a notebook or on your computer or on your phone or, you know, in a special leather bound marked journal kind of thing. But it's just a place where you can describe those moments. Another option is to have a gratitude list. If you're not the poetic writer or you just don't like to spend the time doing that, you might just each day list three or four things for which you're grateful that day. Just three or four things that you're grateful. It doesn't have to be a long description. It could be just a sentence or two sentences, just so you encapsulate it. If you do this, my suggestion is that you do it in a two-part process. That in the morning, you think about the things that you were grateful for, maybe the day before or even earlier that morning, and list three or four of them. And as you list them, remind yourself of the feeling of that, to to re-experience the gratitude in that moment. And then the evening to pull that out and remember it again, to recall that feeling of gratitude, to recall that feeling that you had when it captured you. You can also reverse that. You can write down the new things each evening and then recall them the next morning. But either way, in the morning and the evening, to write down three or four things over which you're thankful And then at the other end, to remind yourself of that feeling you had as you read through those things. That's the simple gratitude list. By the way, those two pieces have been uh, tested many times and have shown a positive influence on people's overall emotional health as they go through their life. Simply by doing that, just a few minutes a day can make a shift towards a place more of gratitude and a place more of abundance And a carryover, it often leads to less feelings of depression and hopelessness and anxiety because you're now looking for the things that you're grateful for. If you're making that list every day and you've decided that they're going to be different every day, it begins to frame your mind around the things that you're looking for. Instead of looking for the scary threats, you start looking for the things uh, that are more about abundance 
The next thing is the gratitude letter. This is something that I decided to take on this past year. And, and I had gratitude letters and I had gratitude conversations. That was my task for this year, gratitude, to express gratitude. I wanted people to know I was grateful for who they were in my life. For some people, I wrote a letter. For some people, I had a sit-down conversation. What I realized was how uncomfortable the other person was until I had to say, hey, this is about me thanking you, not you having to thank me or you having to respond in any way. If you want to do that, that's fine another time. But in this moment, in this letter, in this conversation, this is about me telling you what's been important to me about our relationship. So I started out uh, New Year's Eve distributing a letter to my immediate family and a close family friend. And then I spent the next few months sending letters out. I sent them to my parents and other people in my life. And then for some people, I sat down and had conversations over lunch just to say, I want you to know how grateful I am. One of those dear people passed away not long after that conversation, but I was able to have that conversation before that happened. And, and that's one of those wonderful memories I have now of, of kind of having wrapped up our relationship by him knowing how important he had been in my life. That's the power of a gratitude letter, to let somebody else know the difference they've made. It makes a difference for them, but it also makes a difference for you because it opens up your heart to those feelings. It opens up your thought process to who has been contributing in your life. Who are the people that need to know that in your life? And how do you want to let them know that? The last way of doing this is a very simple one that requires you not to write anything down, but to simply wish people, eat people well as, as you pass them by. I've used this in many ways in my life. When I find myself caught in that cycle of being frustrated about something or someone, I begin to refocus. It's called the loving-kindness meditation. And the loving-kindness meditation is simply saying in your mind, aimed at somebody, may you be well may be happy, may be healthy. I mean, there are a lot of terms you can use, but may you be successful, may you be loved. All of those are possibilities. For me, it's may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be well. I think that in my mind. So if somebody uh, is frustrating me, that's my immediate process is to imagine that person and wish them well in my mind. It transforms the way you feel in the moment, and it transforms how you're relating to that other person. I used this over the summer uh, when I found myself getting too frustrated with drivers as we were traveling a lot on vacation, and I would get frustrated with the driver who might cut me off or, or in some ways be reckless. And, you know, of course, we always point to those who are doing that, missing the times when we might do the same thing. And, and so I was realizing that I wanted to change my relationship in that. I didn't want to be frustrated. I didn't want to uh, have somebody uh, do something on the road in front of me and for me to be kind of subconsciously aggressive. I wanted to be where I needed to be because that aggression comes from that scarcity place, that threat place. I wanted to change that. And so I decided that everybody who passed me, and everybody I passed, I would simply kind of look at the car and imagine that person and say, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be well. That loving kindness meditation, I realized, shifted me. It changed my demeanor. It changed my attitude as I was driving along and my attitude towards the other people. And I've realized that on a daily basis, I can bring that into my life by imagining the important people in my life and wishing them well. 
some of those people I've said, I want you to know that every day I'm thinking of you and I'm, I'm wishing you wellness. I just want you to know that. And for some people, they thank me. Other people, kind of, they just kind of give me a quizzical look. But that's become my practice as a way of naturally moving myself into more of a loving kindness attitude, which is tied into this gratitude, this thank- thankfulness. So as we're in this holiday season Think about these four simple techniques that you can do any day in order to make your brain shift from that scarcity mindset to the gratitude, from the threat to peace. It's the the gratitude journal, the gratitude list, the gratitude letter to somebody, and then in your mind, the loving kindness meditation, which is something just imagining it towards somebody of thinking, may you be happy, may you be healthy. May you be well. This is Lee Balkum wishing you happiness, healthiness, and wellness as you move to embrace your gratitude. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.